Thank you, Brother Sean. He's a blessing. I was also looking up at that picture Dave has up there. Uh, one of my favorite things, you know, in, uh, uh, in the natural is a rainbow. <laughs> I mean, they're so beautiful. And, you know, our family, it's a big gig. It's a big thing whenever it rains and the sun comes out that we run out to see the rainbow. You know what the rainbow stands for, right? I mean, it's a promise. It's a promise from God that He will never allow the earth to be flooded again. That is His promise that the earth will never be covered with water again. So, uh, I like that. It's going to tie right in today's message is because that's a promise. Now, you know, God helps us out by showing us visually like He reminds us. That's a reminder. Let's put ourselves in remembrance of what He's done for us, what He does for us, who we are, what we have, what we can do. And a rainbow is saying, you know what? That's one of my promises. You never have to worry about the earth being destroyed while you're on it. Okay? And, and, and we can stand on that. And that is the, the message today. We're continuing with the disciplines of faith. And we're talking about standing. Standing. Uh, and, and we're going to look at it a little bit more in depth today. This is part three. And if you missed any of the previous studies, we're going to go over it real quickly, like uh, a review. But then we're going to get right into where we left off last week. You know, this is a this is a, a very uh, important discipline of faith is standing. So many times we'll get a promise from God's word, or we'll see a promise of God's word, or we'll see something taking place in someone else's life, and we want that. We can get all excited about it. But it's a standing part that's difficult, right? It's standing when we don't see it right away. It's, it's standing when, when all hell's breaking loose around us. It's standing when we've been standing for a while. I, mean, I don't want to get out ahead of myself, but our key verse for this series, The Disciplines of Faith, is 1 John 5, 4. And you can't say it enough because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Our faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Our faith. That means your faith. Your faith is God's faith because He gave you the measure of faith. So that's so important. I, 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 can, get, I can start relating to faith a little bit more when I understand that He gave it to me. And also, whatever I need to overcome in this life, my faith has the ability to overcome that. So, this is healing service. If you have a sickness or if a health issue has come up in your life, the Bible says, God says, one of His promises, remember that rainbow today, because it will pertain to the God's promises, is, is our faith is the victory that overcomes the world. In this world you have many, many problems, but our faith is the victory over it. Habakkuk 2.4 tells us that the just shall live by faith. So, we're the just, we're the redeemed, we're to live by faith, we're to walk by faith, we're to talk by faith, we're to act by faith, we're to think by faith, we're to do everything by faith because we're faith people. If you're a Christian, you're a child of faith. You're a faith person and that's how you're going to receive everything from God. Okay, so that helps me out a little bit that how I'm going to receive anything that I need for this life is by faith. And if it's by faith, I don't actually have to see it. I don't have to feel it. I don't have to taste or smell it. I don't have to go by my senses because faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. Okay? So, I can start, like, my faith can start building that, you know what, it doesn't matter if I don't see it right now. It doesn't matter if I can't actually touch it right now. It doesn't matter that it actually doesn't look like anything's changed because faith says that it's coming my way. I got it. I got it. And it's only a matter of time before it manifests. Now, the discipline of it is is standing when you don't see it right away. The discipline is is standing when you don't have the money yet. Okay. The discipline is is hanging in there and not giving up when you don't see it actually manifest on or in your body. That's the discipline. But that's what we're talking about. God's laid this out as a series of disciplines of faith. It requires discipline to stand. But faith is how we receive everything from God, including our healing. We've been looking at various disciplines of faith. Paul calls them in Romans 4.12 the steps of faith. 
the steps of faith. We're to be going from faith to faith and glory to glory. We're to be more conformed into His very likeness. So what that's saying to me, I like that, the steps of faith, the disciplines of faith, is I'm going to have to discipline myself and I'm going to have to keep moving forward. And with God, we're always always to be moving upward. So I, it's kind of tied in with just going up a set of steps. And, and I'm taking step by step by step and I'm being more conformed with each step into His likeness. Now, sometimes we stay on a step for a while. Sometimes we end up going back a couple steps, but God is faithful. Jesus is always there to help us and pull us right back up. That's what these disciplines of faith are. They're steps of faith. They're indicators. God gave me uh, that, that, that they're indicators. And indicators, just as we have with our vehicles or with machinery or appliances, they tell us when things are operating all right. And then they also warn us when things aren't operating correctly. And we can adjust. We can make the right adjustments and we can fix it before it breaks. So these disciplines of faith are indicators. If you're not seeing God move in your life, if you're not getting the results that you see in the Bible that you know you've seen in other people's lives, then it's a good indicator to look inside yourself, look and see where we might have missed it because we know God never misses it, right? Right? Come on now. He never misses it. If there's a problem, it's with you and I. And a lot of people don't like to admit that. (laughs) God never messes up. He never comes up short. And all we have to do is look at the life of Jesus. And he always had the right answers. He never came up short, was never caught off guard. He was always prepared. And he was the exact representation of God Almighty. So if there's a problem, it comes from you and I. But that's no big deal. That's no condemnation. That's just a good way to say, okay, I need to look at myself Look at my life and where have I been missing it? Where have I been coming up short? What have I done? And Jesus is right there. The Holy Spirit's right there to help you. So let's look at this a little bit deeper. Standing. To stand. The discipline of faith to stand. The one meaning which most people relate to the word stand or the definition is to take or maintain an upright position, to be placed or maintained in an erect position. That's usually what people think of. Like, well, Pastor Chris is standing. You're sitting. That's what most people think of when you think of standing. So listen to some of the other definitions of the word stand, though, that you might not relate to standing and it might give you new light. To remain valid, intact, or unchanged. So when I'm standing, I'm unchanged. Okay? To have a specific position, an expectation, or an opportunity to be situated or placed. Okay? So think about that. As I'm standing, we've got to have something to stand on. I'm going to remain intact, unchanged. I'm going to uh, be situated or placed. To remain in a stationary position, that's, that'll help us. To take or keep to an attitude, conviction, or course. Okay, so that helps me a little bit too. My attitude's got to stay standing, fixed. My conviction that God's Word is true, I, that's got to stay put in my course, like I'm going to remain the course. We're going to talk about this today. I'm remaining, I'm staying on course. Okay? Sometimes that's not easy. Sometimes that's not convenient. But we can do it because God's never called us to do or be something that He hasn't already enabled or equipped us to do or be. Right? Okay? That would be unfair of Him to tell us to stand if we could not stand. No, He tells us to stand then He gives us the resources to stand. How about this? It says to resist, to withstand, where we get the term to stand trial. You know, the Greek definition as used in the Bible in the New Testament is to abide, continue, and covenant. I like that one. When we have a covenant with God, we can stand. God's going to fulfill His part of the covenant. Our part, we have a part. You've heard it over and over in this church. There's a man's side and a God's side. God won't do our side and we sure can't do His side. But we can do our side with His help and God will always do His side. Our side is to stand. What do we stand on? His promises, which are all yes and amen. Not His promises are never, well, not this time, guys. Uh, well, maybe. Let's think about it. No, 
His promises are yes and amen. I can stand on them through thick and thin, today, tomorrow, and forever. Amen? Okay. When we've done all to stand, the Bible says, stand. Well, you don't know what I'm going through, Pastor Chris. I'm going through hell right now. And I've heard that, but you don't understand. I don't understand everything, but I know the one who does. And if he told us to stand, I know this, that inside somewhere in the Bible, inside me, I have the ability to stand. I might need your help in standing, but that's why we have a church. That's why we're to be gathered together as believers when you're having a difficult time. And we're going to look at this also, that when you're having trouble standing on your own, God will put people around you to stand with you. He asking us, he's requiring us, he's commanding us to stand because we're in a battle. Okay? We could say that it's a lot easier said than done to stand. It's a whole lot easier for me to tell, hey, sister, hey, brother, just continue to stand and just continue to stand in there and God's promises will be, they'll come to you. That's a whole lot, or, a lot easier to say that than when you're in the midst of it, when you're in the thick of it. And someone's telling you, and you've been waiting and standing for a long time, and somebody comes up to you and says, just continue to stand, Pastor Chris. Just continue to stand. Uh, It's a little bit more difficult then, right? Come on now, let's just get real. It's easier for me to tell you to stand than for me to stand when I'm going through hell. Okay? But I want to share with you today what the Bible says and, and give you some encouragement and exhort you that you can stand. And it's so important for you and I to stand because so many people back off. They get so close. Listen to it this way. This isn't in my message, but I know this to be true. We have a devil. We have an adversary. Okay? An enemy. And so many times, guys, I see this because counseling with people and just helping people day in and day out, family members, we get to the point where we're standing with God and we've found one of His promises and we believe it to be true. And we're waiting and we're standing, okay? And manifestation, manifestation answer is coming. And we get right to the point, right to the point when it's almost ready to actually manifest in the natural. And don't you know that stinking devil, he's going to have a full-out attack because he does not want you to receive He doesn't want you to break that hurdle. He doesn't want you to get over that wall. So at the very last minute when you're ready to just receive, he puts out an all-out attack and we get discouraged, we get sidetracked, we get off course, and we never receive our promises. We back off, we get discouraged, and we go back down a couple steps. And, and, And the Lord's saying, just continue to stand. You're this close. You're, it's this close to you. And I would exhort you guys that, you know, if you've ever got to the point where you were believing for God for something and then it didn't happen, play that back and, and, and see where you backed off because more than likely you backed off right at the point where it was right over a couple steps out in front of you. But the, it was so intense. It was, uh, you know, family can can be used by the devil, you know. Uh, remember, we looked at this in week number one that um, Peter was actually used by the devil. Remember, when Je- this is a disciple Jesus picked. And what did he say? Get behind me, Satan. Now, he wasn't talking to Peter, but Peter actually said some goofy things that the devil put in there to get Jesus off course. And Jesus recognized it, and you and I have to recognize it. We're going to look at this also. He wasn't, he wasn't calling Peter a devil, and I don't want you to call family devils. <laughs> get, behind you, get behind me, Satan. But recognize, hey, come hell or high water, I found the promise. I'm standing, and you know what? It might be difficult, and I might need to ask for help, but I'm going to stand. I'm going to get what God's told me is available to me. That's the attitude we have to have, guys. Um, what's that got to do with healing class, Pastor Chris? Well, everything. If we can be governed by God's Word in our lives, it will not only bring healing, but will meet any and every need in our lives. Amen? Okay? If we can get this principle down, if we can get this discipline down, I know this is healing class, but if we can get this principle and discipline of faith 
to stand, it can help you in every area of your life, whatever you're in need of. And the Lord gave me this this morning. He said these disciplines are not only to attain, but to maintain. Okay? So you might just be attaining this for the first time, some of these things. You might be just hearing them for the first time and applying them to your life. But there's a whole lot of other people that have known about these things and they're to maintain their faith. A discipline will not only attain, get something, but it will also maintain, meaning you'll be able to stick with it. I'll be able to stay with it. I'll be able to stay on course. Our scripture passage for this discipline is found in the sixth chapter of Ephesians. So if you have your Bibles, and that your Bibles are your ammunition, guys. That's like your uh, that's like your holster belt. It's got all the bullets around there. You got your couple pistols there. Okay, that's the way I look at it. That's your ammunition. So you cannot bypass the Bible. Uh, that was discipline number one, that God's Word is true. It's first place. I'm going to be governed by the Word of God. So, you need to see that in your Bible. You need to dwell on it. Keep it before your eyes. You need to see it for yourself. It's not good enough to just hear Pastor Chris or some other pastor share upon it. You need to underline it. Go back and read it. Study it. Meditate it. Let's look at it. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 16. It's addressing how we're supposed to stand. Okay, so whenever you're feeling like, man, I don't know if I can do another day, turn in your Bible to Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 16. Maybe you are just finding out that you can stand and you found a promise in God's Word and, and you're, you're starting to hear like, man, I can apply my faith to this and, and it, it's the victory that overcomes the world. I believe you, Pastor Chris. I believe that's true. How am I going to do it? Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 16. Let's read them. Finally, my brother and sister, be strong in the Lord in the power of His might. So there you go. There's encouragement number one. I don't have to do this in my own. I don't have to do this on my own. I don't have to do it in and of myself. I do it in the Lord and I do it in the power of His might. That's good news, right? Because uh, whether you just came in for the first time today or you've been a Christian for a long period of time and you haven't seen a whole lot of things happen in your life, it's telling us, God's telling us that we're, the way we're going to be able to be strong and stand is in the Lord and in the power of His might. It says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And I find it interesting. I studied the Bible. Oh, I study it my whole life I, every day. I never see after verse 11 where it says for us to take off the armor of God. It tells us to put it on in verse 11. And you read the rest of the New Testament. You go back and read all the Old Testament and back up here and nowhere does it say take off the armor of God. So, you're accountable for what you've heard. You heard today to put on the whole armor of God. And nowhere does it say take it off. Well, let me encourage you that when you put on the whole armor of God, we're going to see that it's mighty, it's powerful. Then you need to look at yourself that you have it on. You need to see yourself with that armor on. You're not taking it off. The only way you take it off is by your words. You take it off by not hanging out with God, not being in the Bible, not, and the devil deceive us and trick us to thinking we don't have the armor of God on. You put the armor of God on. You got it on. You can stand against the wiles of the devil. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Verse 12, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Jesus was not wrestling with Peter that day. You're not wrestling with your spouse you're not wrestling with your child or your child's not wrestling with you know, their parent. We're wrestling against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this age, against the spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places. It's so important that you understand what this verse is saying. That whatever's coming against you, okay, and it's trying to take you down or defeat you or trying to put you under, first of all, recognize it's not from God. Because the thief cometh to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I've come to give you life in abundance to the full till it overflows. We're supposed to be representing heaven. Jesus came to represent heaven, show us what heaven's really like. Heaven's not sad, sick, or broke. It's a happy, healthy, wealthy place. And we are to be representing heaven to this hurting, messed up world. So when we recognize that we're not happy, healthy, or wealthy, 
We can go to John 10.10 and know that that is coming from the evil one. It's not coming from flesh and blood. It's coming from... Now, now the devil will use people. Just as we receive, most of the things we receive from God are through people. He uses people to bless us. He uses people to encourage us, you know. And, and the devil works the exact same way. He uses people. And what's interesting about the devil is, is he'll use your best friend. <laughs> he'll use family members, people that you wouldn't expect. He'll use people. And, and, and a lot of times we're completely unaware of it, that he's using us. And we'll say something to someone. And, and, and it, it could be just idle words. The Bible warns us to don't speak about idle words. And, and we might find ourselves criticizing or ridiculing or just speaking faithless words. And in and, and, and of ourselves, we think, well, that's not so bad. But to the person we're speaking to, it's, it's taking life from them. It's not encouraging and exhorting and, 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 and building them up. So... It's important for you and I to see, guys, in order for us to stand in this world and stand on the promises of God, we've got to know that there is an enemy. We have to know that he's been defeated and that we have the armor to be able to stand up against him. So when I feel like I'm wore out, when I feel like I'm dragging, when I feel like, you hear what I'm saying? I feel, I feel, I feel. We're not moved by feelings. Now, that's easier said than done, too. So that's why we live by faith. Faith says, I got the full armor of God. Faith says, I got the power and might of God on the inside of me. Faith says, no matter if I fall to my knees, I can still stand. And you know what? If I have trouble getting up on my own, I can call Dave. And he can come over and he can help me stand. Come on. Come on. That's what the body's for. Nobody said we have to do this on our own. Okay? Nobody said that. First of all, you're never alone if you're a Christian because Jesus said, I'll never leave nor forsake you. But sometimes we need Jesus in flesh. And that's when we call for a brother or sister. Now, if you don't call me and I don't call Dave, Dave's not aware. And I'll sit there and, and if I'm on my knees, you know what's next. Enemy's going to take a club and he'll try to hit me in the back so that I'm... And next thing you know, I'll be laying on the floor. If I don't ask for help and I don't get myself up off that floor, I'm going to be in bad shape pretty soon. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And if you will allow, if you allow that to play out in your life, watch out, man. Watch out because he'll take everything from you. That's what his mode of operation is. But we're not going to let that happen. We're not going to let that happen because he's been defeated we're on to his devices and, and he's already under our feet. Amen. And so verse 13 says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God. Don't ever put it back on the rack that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Well, there you go. God's God's encouraging us that when you've done all to stand and it's an evil day, then you continue to stand and I'll help you. Verse 14, it says, Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, which is the Bible, that's the Word of God, having put on the breastplate, breastplate of righteousness. What's that mean? Righteousness. We're in right standing with God. How would we know that? By being in the Word, by being in the truth. How, what's righteousness? Righteousness is thinking right, talking right, and acting right. How could I do that? By being in the Word. You cannot bypass the Word of God. And the Word of God tells us that we have the armor. In the Word of God, it tells us we can do it in His power and His might. In the Word of God, tells us what the enemy's devices are. You can't bypass the Word. And so many Christians are stumbling and having a hard time standing because they're not in the Word. They don't know what's been made available to them. They don't know what pertains to them. They don't know what God's already done for them. You cannot bypass the Word of God. Just as you're not going to bypass too many meals. <laughs> I know you. I know myself. I'm not going to bypass too many meals. You know what? I can't be bypassing the Word of God for days on end. Just as it would affect me physically, this affects me spiritually. i got to be in the Word every day. I give out a lot, so i got to put in a whole lot. And in, in the measure that you give out, you need to be putting that back in. If I continue to give out and give out and give out and give out and never put back in, I find myself on my knees. 
I'm a Christian. I'm God's child. I'd still find myself on my knees because you can only give out what you got inside. So you've got to continue to put it in. Amen? You know that. I'm preaching to the choir. And then it says, 15, And having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, there's that gospel, the truth, the Bible, God's Word. Above all, taking the shield of faith. Our faith is the victory that overcomes the world. That's what we start out with. That's the whole verse. That's our, that's our verse for this series. Above all, taking the shield of faith, which, which, here you go guys, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. So there you go. It says, uh, and maybe you said, well, Pastor Chris, I, I understand you. I hear what you're saying. But when you get to verse 16, guys, there should be no question that it says you will be able to, not that you might be able to, not when you get to heaven, not down the road. It says you will be able to, able to do what? Quench all. I said I did a word study on that all, and all is all. I'm not partial, not some, not this, not that. I mean salvation, which includes your healing, includes your finances, your relationships, anything you need. So whatever's coming against you today, whatever reason why you're here today in healing service, whatever reason, that, whatever's coming against you out in the world, the Bible says, God promises you that you will be able to quench all those fiery darts of the wicked one. Amen. Isn't that good news? Many in the Lord's army, many of His people, many in the body, are completely unaware of who they're fighting with, that they're even in a fight, and what His devices are. So, it's, it's very easy. And you hear Christians, good people, guys. Now, I'm not talking, I'm not, I'm not putting any condemnation on it. I just want you to see where you're at. I was there once. So I'm talking about where I was. I was, I'd blame God. I'd blame Him. And I'd question His will. Okay? No clue what I should be doing because I was completely unaware of that there was an enemy, and then I was completely unaware of what I had to combat the enemy. So you can see how difficult it would be to stand if you're unsure of what God's will is. If you're the one thinking He's putting these things on you, how in the world are you supposed to stand? <laughs> if you think that He wants you to be without and doesn't want your finances in order, then how in the world are you supposed to stand for that He's the God that meets all my needs and that I'm not going to lack no good thing. You can't stand when you don't have a promise. You can't stand where you don't know the will of God. Faith begins where the will of God is known. And our faith is the victory that overcomes the world. It's going to all be based upon the Word of God. We talked about last week that standing requires patience. We don't like that word. Patience requires diligence. Diligence requires discipline. Discipline requires faith. And faith requires the Word. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Think about these words we're talking about. Some people don't even like the word stand. <laughs> I mean, we've gotten to the place where people just are lazy, apathy, complacency. They don't feel like standing for anything. That's ah, too tough. Ah, nobody could live that way. I have friends that I grew up with that... You know, they still live the way that I used to live. And they say, ah, oh, that, there's no way anybody could live that way when I share things of God and they hear about, there's no way anybody could live up to those standards. Standing. Patience. We don't like that word. We don't like the word diligence. We don't want to be diligent about anything. Discipline. Ugh. Maybe that's why, uh, well, discipline. <laughs> we don't like the word discipline. Discipline requires something of us. Okay, and we have to be in the Word, you know. So you're not going to get around that. Standing requires patience, and patience is a word that the flesh doesn't like. Everyone's in too big of a hurry. Everyone's got to have it right now. We got to go, 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 go. Can't slow down. Too much to do, Pastor Chris. I find myself getting in that mode also, guys. But the Word of God says that faith and patience are the Two sides to the same coin. And we don't like the word patience because patience means I'm going to have to be patient. And sometimes that means like I'm going to have to stand for a while. Well, that's exactly what God's telling us. 
it says faith and patience are the same two heads to the same coin. You can't separate them. So see, that's that that's ammunition because when that means like when I put my faith out there and I don't see it immediately and I don't have it immediately in the in the natural I have to apply patience. I know it's coming my way and I will not get discouraged and my 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 strength is renewed as I wait upon the Lord. Okay? We sing about that. Remember I shared a statement last week. If you weren't here, you need to write this statement down. It says, Patience is the secret weapon that forces deception to reveal itself. That's so powerful. The more I think and dwell upon that, the more I see that that is, that is so true. Patience is the secret weapon that you and I have as a Christian that forces deception, the deceiver, the evil one, to reveal itself. So as I wait upon the Lord, as I hang in there, as I stand, what it happens is, is deception, what the devil is trying to come against me with, what he's trying to steal from me, what he's trying to destroy from me, it will manifest itself. It will come to light. And if I see, if I have more light than what's coming against me, I can stand up to that. I can fight it. Okay? So, as you are patient and don't give up, and you don't get uh, rattled, you don't have your feathers ruffled, you're patient knowing God's Word is true. He is not a man that He should lie. I can stand on this. And it forces that deception to reveal itself. A lot of times, it never has to reveal itself. We give up. We back off. And we never receive the promise. The Bible says, let's turn to James 1.4. James some more promises from God's Word. James chapter 1, verse 4. It says, Let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing, or lacking no thing. Man, I like the second part of that verse. I like, I'd want to, I want to be perfect. I want to be complete. I don't want to lack anything. I probably could ask any one of you and you'd say, yeah, that sounds good. I want that. I want that, Pastor Chris. The first part says, but let patience have its perfect work. How can I do that? Go back up to verse 2. My brother, my sister, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. What in the world would I want to count it joy for when I fall into a trial? Huh? Why? (laughs) I don't like trials. Do you like trials? No, we don't like trials. Verse 3. Knowing that the testing of our faith produces patience. God is conforming us into His very likeness. God is not moved by time. That He's our Father. So if God's not moved by time, okay, meaning like I ask for it right now, I go through the drive through and I get it in about two minutes. And if I don't get it in two minutes, I'm honking the horn. <laughs> and I'm peeling out. I want my burger now. <laughs> you know? And whatever it is. You know, we've got 250 channels on the TV. And if we don't pull a rabbit out of the hat and somebody gets killed or there isn't a sex scene on, there's people flipping. We've got to have action. We've got to have it. Boom, boom. And God's saying, hey guys, patience. I'm patient. God is not moved by time. So, this is ammunition. Okay? This is ammunition for you and I. We don't have to be moved by time. I am patient. My faith, it might be tested, but in that testing, I'm going to receive patience. And as I receive patience, my strength is going to be renewed knowing that my God's going to grant me the request I asked for. Standing requires a persistence, a tenacity, a persevering, not giving up. The Bible says it like this, to set our face like flint. You've heard that, right? It's set our face like flint, just like Jesus did. What did Jesus do? Man, Jesus had a calling. Jesus had an agenda. Jesus had a purpose. And man, think of all the things that tried to deter him, get him off course, to try to get him sidetracked. But he set his face like flint to the cross that was set before him. 
And nothing got him off track. He's our example. We're called in Ephesians 5.1 to imitate him. So I find the promise from God that he says, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Maybe I can, my God meets all my needs according to his riches and glory. I put my face like flint on that promise. That rainbow, I look at that rainbow, I put that thing in front of me, I put that verse in front of me, and I'm not moved by the circumstances, I'm not moved by storms or by needs, I'm not moved by what my best friends say or or relatives or anything, I'm moved by the Word of God. We set our face like flint. Paul referred to it as fighting the good fight. Remember how he described it as that? I'm going to fight the good fight. I'm going to finish the course. I'm going to finish my race. Notice how he referred to it as a fight. A fight. And we don't like that either. We think, you know, oh, I'm a Christian. I got saved and now I'm not going to have to... Hey, it's a fight. As long as... We're... If it isn't a fight, if we don't have a fight, we're in heaven. <laughs> we won't have no fights up in heaven. But right now, we're still on this earth, guys. And it's a fallen earth. Okay? So until Jesus comes back to restore it, we got some standing to do. We got some fighting to do. Now we can do it through Christ Jesus, but we're in a fight and it is a race. You and I are in a race. But look at it this way. If our lives would be 70, 80, 90, 100 years long, okay, whatever you're believing for, you're going to need some endurance to run that race, right? I mean, you're talking some years. You're going to need to be able to fight through all those years. We're going to need some endurance. We're going to need to be patient along the hall. Remember, I mean, I don't know if you guys watched a lot of the Olympics, but I did. I enjoyed doing that. And, and man, you, you watch the swimmers. Maybe you watch some boxing if you're a guy. And maybe you watch some running. And you know what? Yeah, th- th- those are good examples for you and I. Those swimmers and the long swims and the long runs and even boxing matches that lasted for rounds and rounds. You come out of the hole and you give it everything you got off that starting block and you're all excited during the Olympics. This is the moment you prepared for your whole life. And you give it all in that first... And those people are usually not... Get, got the gold hanging around their neck. It's the ones that know it's a race. It's the ones that endure. It's the ones that prepare and they, they, they plan out their course and, and they know that they gotta have patience and they make the move at the right time and they don't get, you know, so many of us will get all fired up over a message or we got a convention or a impartation meeting, which all these things are great, man. I enjoy them. They're the highlights of my year. And then we go out of it like, yeah, yeah, I can do this. I got faith. I got the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and, and you go out, but yet after a day, two days, a week, we back off. We go out like gun-ho. We go out like a shotgun. And then, you know, a week later, ah, man, God's never doing nothing in my life. I don't see it. I'm screwed. Man, I'm nothing. And they're complaining and whining and moaning. Listen, guys, it's a race. It's a long race. We're in a fight and I get, we we got to endure it. We got to we got to have patience, knowing that we're going to be in this thing for a while. That is ammunition. See, I used to be one of those people that were like, "Let's get her done. Let's get it done. Let's do it fast. Let's get it over with. Let's find the next thing." And I'm so glad that I was taught and 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 the Lord showed me and worked with me and had patience with me. He had patience with me that now I can have patience. Okay, I can have patience. I don't have to have it right now, but I know it's coming. I know it's coming. And man, I can tell you guys in this walk that I, you know, I've been serving the Lord is as I take my eyes off of whatever I'm asking or desiring or needing or wanting and put my eyes on him and get about his business. It's amazing how these things just attach themselves. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness all these things will be added unto you. I look back at my life now, and I don't, I don't, I should do this more often, but I look back at my life now and I say, wow, Lord, you've been so good to me. You did this. And I'm not even sure when it happened or how it happened, but I'm so thankful that you did. He added these things to me because I'm about his business. He wants to do the same thing for you and I. 
It's, it's not about getting it right now. You have it right now in here. It's the manifestation of it out here in the natural, and we have to have patience. Okay? So, we don't have to do this thing alone, though. Jesus is right there to pick us up when we're down, to get us back on track when we go astray, and to encourage us when we're tired. Let's read Hebrews 10.35. Hebrews 10, verse 35 and verse 36. Now, I shared on this, uh, it was like over the winter time, about casting. First of all, I was sharing that we cast all our cares and concerns over on the Lord because He commands us to. But this verse says, Cast not away your confidence, which has great reward. For after you need of, for you, for you have need of endurance, so after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. So what's that saying? I find a promise from God's Word. And just as I want to cast the care and concern away from me, picture fishing, I put that care and concern on the hook and I cast that thing out there. The only way that care and concern is going to get back to me is if I reel it in. But what God's saying here is, don't put your confidence on that hook and cast it out there. No, keep that confidence right here. Keep it close. Keep it before your eyes. Don't cast your confidence away, okay? And it says, when you don't cast your confidence away, and our confidence can only be found in the Word of God, then you need, you're in need of endurance. You're in need of patience. If I cast it not away, that means I still have it. It's still on my hook. It's still in my tackle box. And after I've done that, and after I've st- stood on that, it says that you will receive the promise. Praise God. Endurance breeds patience. I can do it. You know, I, I I tell my kids this all the time and and I just I'm gonna use it as an example because they're young. I got uh, my Christian's five and Lydia's ten and and we ride lots of bikes, we go hiking and fishing and just all kinds of things outside or not even things outside, schoolwork. I'm constantly telling them, You can do it. You can do it. You know, we used a little illustration as they were really small. We used to watch, I think it was Thomas the Train or something. I don't know what it was. And a little thing, a little train saying, I can do it, I can do it. And he's chugging along, chugging along. I can do it, I can do it, I can do it, you know. And I keep telling them, you can do it. You can do it. And, and it's no different than what my Heavenly Father tells me. He's constantly encouraging me. You can do it, Christopher. You can do it. Because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4.13 I'm going to make it. I keep telling my kids, you're going to make it. You're going to make it. They're little, you know, we ride bikes and their little, their little legs and little, t- they're doing like a hundred rotations to my one. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, come on, Christian, you're going to make it. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. And he did four miles last, last weekend. And Lydia, she can do like 14 miles with me on the bike. But I can make it because all things are possible to those that believe. Okay, Mark 9.23. And I'm going to get there. You're going to get there, Lydia. You're going to get there, Christian. You're going to get there, Christopher, is what God's saying to me. You're going to get there. Hang in there. Stand. Keep pedaling. Keep walking. Keep doing it. I'll help you. You're going to get there because you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Okay? All my needs are met according to His riches and glory. All the resources God has available are made available to you and I. To be able to do this. A couple examples are, it's like we need to be like a bulldog with a big old bone. I used to run around with a couple guys and they had this dog and it was a mutt. I don't know what kind of dog it was. But what we would do is it had a toy, you know, one of these toys where you could grab on of it and it would like, it's like part of pit bull or something. It would grab a hold of that thing and we would pick this dog up, little mutt, you know, about this big, and we'd just start winging it. Like we we'd hold on and he'd hold on to it and he'd be flying like you know off the all fours and we're like this and he'd hold on to that thing and he would not let go of it you know he would not let we'd get dizzy and fall down that that mutt would hold on to that thing and fly through the air we have a dog I'm, I'm, I'm giving you an illustration here because listen to what I'm saying we have a a, a golden lab her name's Sadie. And I'll do the same thing. Now, I can't. She's a big lab. I couldn't pick her up and wing her around the air. But I give her a toy, and I'll pull on it, and she'll grab a hold of that. And you know the only way that I can get that toy out of 
Sadie's mouth is by tricking her, deceiving her. Like, hey, Sadie, you got a treat. She'll drop that and come over. Hey, Sadie, Lydia wants you over there and she'll drop it. And, and isn't that just like the devil? Yep. We get a promise. We hold on to it. Mm-hmm. And then he deceives us into letting go. Mm-hmm. Don't forget that illustration. He tries to take away the promises of God. He tries to let us. He's a deceiver. He's the father of lies, the Bible says. He's constantly trying to get us to back off of God's promises. He's constantly trying to get us to say, that doesn't work. It works for them. It ain't going to work for you. Who do you think you are? You know. And if you will play out, if you will allow that, if you'll drop that promise, then how do you expect to receive the promise? Okay. God's done his part. He's made it available to you. Now it's your part to stand on that and endure. Okay. Be patient. Keep standing. Hold on and you shall inherit the promises of God. Listen to this, guys. When patience runs out, when my patience runs out, like, hey, God, you know what? I've had it. I I can't stand anymore. Then your faith ends. When patience ends, faith ends. So, boy, that's that was that's ammunition for me. I don't know about you, but that's a that's a good little nugget there that if my patience is running out then my faith is run out. And what's the victory that overcomes the world? Our faith. So we've got to have that patience. You know, you might have been believing for uh, um, uh, healing in your body for years. Okay? Every day, every minute, is one minute and one day closer to your manifestation. Every minute. How do you know that the next minute, that tomorrow, is not breakthrough. And what happens is, is we get up and, and, and we, we, we put time limits on things, like it didn't work for me, and then tomorrow morning we get up and we check ourselves and it's the same, and the devil's like, got him, got him. And meanwhile, your manifestation was right there. Remember, God's not moved by time. In here you have it. Your spirit man says, by his stripes I was healed. He is the God who heals all my diseases. Don't back off. You're closer than you've ever been. Okay? We've already learned that faith is how we receive. Our faith is the victory, so we don't want to run out of patience. How, Pastor Chris? How can I hold on to faith and be patient? I would tell you, I don't have that answer in of myself, but I know what the Bible says. It says, keep His promises before you night and day. It says, tie them around your neck. Wrap them around your wrist and around your fingertips. Do not let them depart from you. It says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, I quote it all the time to you guys, acknowledge Him in all our ways and He will set our course straight and light our path so that our feet do not stumble. That's how I can have faith. That's how I can be patient. He will guide you. He's promised us the Holy Spirit. He will guide you into all truth. He will show you things to come. And He'll bring to remembrance those things that you've learned or heard in the past. Listen, guys. Don't try to do it on your own. We we already said in Ephesians 6, verses 6, that you do it in His might and in His power. So what that means is, is I'm going to need His help. I'm not going to be able to do it in and of myself. But I'm going to keep His promises before me night and day. If you've got to get an index card, or you've got to write it around your wrist, or you've got to put a cheat sheet and write it up your arms and stuff, whatever you've got to do. You can put it on the, on the, on the mirror that you look at every morning. You put it right beside your breakfast nook where you sit there and eat your breakfast. You put it you know, in the bathroom right across from where you sit. And you see those things constantly. You don't let them out of your sight because we're, we're so many times moved by what we see. Okay, well, let's, let's address that. Let's, let's be moved by what we see. And we got the Word of God. That's why He tells us, do not let these words depart from your mouth. Do not let them get away from you. Acknowledge me and I'll, I'll keep you on track. And the Holy Spirit is sent for that purpose, to just keep us disciplined, keep us endured, keep us to be able to stand. Wow. We're out of time already. So, next week, 
I'm praying that we can end this. <laughs> and, and what we're going to do is look at examples out of the Bible. Okay? I want to give you some great examples of people that stood. Okay? And, and guys, if there's one thing I'd share with you that made such a big difference in my life, when I realized that the people in the Bible were just like you and me, and their stories were put in there so that I could relate to them. It's just not a good Bible story. I used to think of that when I was in the First Baptist Church and, and they told us stories. I thought they were just stories, good stories. But when I can put myself in there and I can see how it pertains to me, there's many stories of people in the Bible that stood. And you know what? The illustrations I'm going to give you next week, you and I are here today because these people stood they stood when all odds were coming again, when it looked like they had no way of being able to stand any further. When I mean, when everybody was ridiculing them and making fun of them and saying they were crazy and fools and you're whacked out, they stood. And you and I are here today because of those people. So praise God, we'll look at that next week. If there's someone, anyone at all, that, that wants me to pray for them, or wants, you know, needs help standing. Okay, maybe you're going through a difficult time. And, and you know what? I, I said it before and I'll say it again. I'll continue to say this church will stand with you. I'll stand with you. Uh, you're, not, you're not required to do it alone. God just says stand. And then he puts believers in our lives. He brought you here today. So if you need help with something, if you need help standing, well, I'm going to pray. I'll dismiss, and if you if you want to come forward, I'll I'll stand with you, and we'll pray, and we'll turn it over to the Lord, and then you know you can get rid of that and be able to go out of here free. Uh, if you want that, uh, please take advantage of that. Come forward, I'll pray with you. Uh, we'll always pray with, for you here in this church. We'll always help you stand in this church. And you, some people say, well, it's such a big church, and and man, I don't even know where to turn. You just come find us. You come to a prayer partner. You ask an usher. You ask anyone. We'll help you stand. You don't do this on your own. You're having a very difficult day, and you can't do it. And it looks like you know you maybe fell to your knees. You call a church. Someone's going to stand with you in prayer. Someone's going to stand with you. That's what we're supposed to do. And then God's best is is for you then in turn to stand with someone else that's going through some things. Amen. That's what we're doing. We're here for each other. So, Father, we thank You and praise You for Your Word, for Your Spirit who shared today. Thank You for speaking through me and, and to me. I thank You for imparting into Your children, into Your family. I thank You and praise You, Father God. Our best days are right out ahead because we're standing on Your promises. We're not backing off. We're not getting sidetracked. We're not letting go. We're, we desire, Father, what you want for us. We will have it, Father. We thank you and praise you. Do mighty works for us, Father. Your word says that your eyes go to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking for people whose hearts are committed to you, for you to show yourself strong on. Father, show yourself strong on our behalf, that we'll be able to help other people, Lord, come to know you and put their trust in you to help other people to be able to stand. So I thank you and praise you for the blessing of God upon your people. I thank you, Father, you keep them safe and, 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 and filled with the Spirit and excited about God until we're able to meet again. And I give you all the praise and glory and the honor in Jesus' name. Amen.